Hello, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to Tech Unraveled, brought to you by Vistacom, where we unravel the AV industry. If you're new here, I'm Josh, Marketing Communications Specialist with Vistacom. Um, with us here, you'll find that we go beyond the buzzwords. We try to get real with experts and thought leaders from a wide variety of sectors within ProAV. And I'm Leanna Russell, Vistacom Sales and Marketing Manager, and we are your hosts. All right, so let's get into this episode. Um, we are really excited to have Vistacom's own Director of Technology here, Mr. Matt Boyer. Uh, welcome, Matt, and thanks for joining us today. Yes, thanks for having me. For those of you who don't know, Matt's been with Vistacom for over 32 years, and he truly is our expert, our go-to guy, our savior when it comes to the nuances and all the important considerations for all things AV technology. Uh, Matt, can you briefly share with our audience your role at Vistacom today and a little bit about your history with the company? Yeah. Uh, as I said, I've been with the company a, a long time, started out at the very uh, bottom rung and uh, work my way up through the uh, company and through the uh, the industry. You know, there's a lot of change in uh, technologies over the years. So uh, I really, I, you know, I've studied this technology, lived this technology, worked with this technology. Uh, so that's really what I continue to do for the company is provide uh, input on new technologies where we could uh, increase, uh, you know, directions, change our direction as far as where we're going, where the industries are going, what our clients' needs are, are changing to, and trying to adapt and help our clients and our company grow and just be successful. Yeah. Um, so Matt's not only an incredible source of knowledge, but also a seasoned AV industry professional, to say the least. Um, so he's pretty pivotal for a lot that goes on here at Vistacom. Um, that said, we have a very special announcement involving Matt for, for this episode. Um, Leanna, what's happening and what should people be excited to see from Matt? Well, um, Vistacom and uh, the three of us are going to be introducing to you a brand new mini podcast series called Dear Matt. And in Dear Matt, um, you'll all have the ability to tap into Matt's brain. Um, and we are going to provide a way for you to submit all of your AV technology questions, and Matt will answer them uh, himself. Matt, uh, what are you excited for in this mini-series, and uh, what can everyone expect to see? Well, <clears throat> one of the things I really enjoy doing is, is problem-solving and getting uh, feedback from you know, the people in the industry, people that are trying to use this technology, and users. So it's really exciting to get these questions, what, what's really been a challenge, what's a, a concern of people, what's an interest of people, um, and providing some answers and solutions. That's what I like to do. Yeah, you guys should fully take advantage of this. Like we said, Matt's a wealth of knowledge and uh, no question is a dumb question. So um, bring it on and Matt will be ready to answer all your questions. Yes, bring on all your questions. We already have a lot that we know are out there, um, but we know there's so many more that you guys are all just wondering about and probably keeping to yourselves. But um, you can all go and submit your questions, um, view episodes, and learn more about it at vistacominc.com slash dear Matt. It's that easy to do. Um, so make sure you go do that once we announce Matt's first episode. Awesome. All right, let's dive into it, Matt. Uh, I want to pick your brain myself. And um, I think 
where my mind is going is, you know, we've come out of Infocom recently, which was exciting. It was great to see the attendance back up. There was, it was packed with booths and exhibitors. Um, and now coming out of that, Vistacom is also in uh, tech expo season. Um, for our listeners, Vistacom's Tech Expo is a yearly event held in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Um, and I like to call it a mini Infocom. We also get uh, manufacturers uh, set up with booths and you're welcome to come walk around and see the new technology there as well. So a lot of the trends that we've recently seen at Infocom are also going to be at the Vistacom Tech Expo. And one of the topics that I've noticed is um, buzzing around the, uh, not only the AV industry, but just the economy in general is employers trying to get their employees back into the office. And, um, where we come in is, you know, setting up the office and the meeting spaces, um, to accommodate that hybrid work environment and experience. Um, What's your take on on that and how have you seen that play out so far in the industry? Right. Yeah. I mean, every every meeting as people come back into the office, it's pretty much guaranteed that every meeting is going to have some external participant. Um, somebody's going to be, you know, not in the office and we have to join them into these calls. So every every meeting pretty much now is is going to have an outside inside component. And in order to do that effectively, you know, we have to outfit these training rooms, conference rooms, meeting rooms with some type of technology. Uh, that's the big thing. Uh, and we'll probably talk about a little later is, you know, the video bar uh, trend, you know. So there's there's a, uh, you know, always there's a piece of technology that can work for any size space, uh, big or small. So that's really what we're seeing is outfitting all these conference rooms with something, you know, so you're not just sticking a laptop at the end of the table. Right. So um, I think a lot of people could really benefit from kind of what the consideration, the considerations are that um, an end user needs to have when they're ready to implement technologies in these type of spaces, a hybrid meeting space. Um, so what do you think those like top line considerations are maybe like apart from the, the features and benefits that are in a lot of these different products, but maybe kind of like the top line um, spatial things and, and different aspects of the room that people should really consider. Yeah. Before you really get into the technology, you have to look at the workflow and the culture of your organization. Um, are they tech savvy people? Are they very, uh, you know, hands off, low touch kind of people? Um, do they, you know, does everybody carry a laptop around? Are they very mobile or are they used to traditional conference spaces, maybe everything's provided for them. There's a PC in the room already. Um, there's, you know, the other thing too is, you know, what, what platforms you might use, you know, are you do a lot with Zoom or Teams? Are you a single platform or a multi-platform? So there's a lot of factors to consider before you even get to the technology. Right. And naturally, this topic perfectly dovetails into my next question for you, which is around standardization, especially when it comes to Zoom or um, more popularly that I've seen recently, Microsoft Teams rooms. And also along with that, um, you saw at Infocom a ton of displays that are in a non-traditional 21 by 9 format, which means 
ultra wide, essentially. So um, what is your take on these 21 by nine displays and what do you think their advantages are within businesses today? Right. I mean, it's always something with uh, display manufacturers to kind of keep the market growing, keep some, uh, you know, keep selling stuff. They're always changing displays, resolutions, uh, in this case, aspect ratios. Um, the 21 by nine, you know, comes out of a, a typical computer resolution with the, uh, you know, desire for a wider screen <clears throat> to get more information on your screen. Um, also to get it down to a single screen. So instead of having multiple screens next to each other, you know, these, you see these large ultra wide curve screens. So following on that, uh, and just carrying it to a room, it's the same, you know, kind of concept instead of having two displays, having one, you know, wide display, um, but where, yeah, where Microsoft has taken that and to its advantage is with their uh, front row, uh, you know, layout for a Microsoft Teams room. So it's really trying to utilize all that horizontal space to get more information up on the screen more effectively. So they add, you know, multiple foreign participants across the bottom. So everybody has a front row seat in the meeting. So you can see everybody nice and clearly um, having content in the middle, but then having, you know, all the side areas now where I can put chat information and other information up. So they're really trying to utilize that full 21 by nine aspect ratio um, and give you the most uh, information on the screen as possible. Yeah. I, just to follow up on that, I've, I've found that a lot of times, uh, when I host a meeting, if I'm not able to see those foreign participants, there is something just extremely lacking in that meeting. So whether it's in the 21 by nine format or in some other way, bringing in the remote participants so they're always visible in the meeting and we are facilitating good audio, that is key to that buzzword meeting equity um, and certainly 21 by nine displays are are you know adding that extra layer onto that yeah and i mean um adding um that ultra wide display with the front row layout and having everybody right there in a format where you're not just circled around a conference room table kind of ignoring who's on the screen having that set up i think is going to be hugely beneficial for a lot of people um but talking specifically microsoft teams matt can you explain a bit to our audience kind of what microsoft teams rooms are and the benefits maybe of standardizing on a Teams room for their organization? The Teams room is a specific version of Microsoft Teams. So people that use Microsoft Teams are familiar with their desktop application. The Teams room is a special version of that. And it runs on two different uh, platforms. So it can run on, on a Windows platform or an Android platform. So there's what they call MTROW on Windows and MTROW on Android <clears throat> and making it a dedicated appliance for the space really is, is about making it easier for the meeting to take place. So you can now just book a room, but when you book that room, you're also booking the appliance or the Microsoft Teams room that's in there as well. So when you walk into the room, you just have to hit the join button and your calls, you're joined into the call and everything's ready to go. You don't have to bring any extra technology. You don't have to lug your laptop to it. And it makes that really easy one-touch join experience. And then it allows you to easily bring, uh, you know, peripheral devices, a room PC or a laptop into that space. Uh, for anybody who's done Teams on your desktop and you go to share content, you know, things can get lost. I lost my Teams window. Where is everybody? In, in an MTR room, you just share your laptop 
directly into the room. So it's whatever's on your laptop is just the laptop. You're not trying to use it as the conferencing device at the same time. You don't have to worry about the camera or microphone. That's all taken care of in the MTR. So it makes just it makes the experience a lot more frictionless to have a meeting. Right. Yeah. It makes it it makes it all streamlined kind of. You're kind of like eliminating some of the complexities. Um, all right. So going off of that and the conferencing experience, um, let's dive into another trend at Infocom that was kind of pervasive amongst a lot of our manufacturer partners. There were a lot of all-in-one video bars, conferencing and collaboration bars, um, and other technologies kind of focused on creating that easy to use meeting experience. Um, so simple question for you, but probably not so simple to answer is why are there all of these video bars coming out? Well, as we said, you know, we're doing this mass conversion. Every conference space needs some kind of video bar, video collaboration tool. So it's really just a, a trend of, uh, the market having a need for these. And one of the other things too, I see with manufacturers is kind of like no one wants to be, you know, left behind. They want to provide a complete ecosystem to their clients. So say I'm a microphone manufacturer and I'm known for making really great microphones. I can put my microphone technology into a video bar, just adding a camera, and now I can complete, com you know, create a, a complete conferencing solution so that I can still stay in front of my clients with my products. I'm not just uh, not just left for the high-end boardroom because I have these high-end microphones. I can get into more spaces, get my name out there into more areas, uh, get more involved with these clients. So I think that's really the trend is a lot of manufacturers want to have, uh, don't want to miss out on something. So whether they make the bar themselves or they just put their name on it, um, some of them, you know, the, the the best way to do it is to provide some some value add. Again, if you're a good Good with audio, you provide that value add to that bar and make it a better audio device. If you're good with video, maybe you make it a better video device. Um, but just you know, everybody has one just to stay in front of the in front of their clients and provide that technology. And there's a lot of good ones out there, but again, because there's so many of them, you do have to kind of pick and choose wisely. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, it, you know, I'm thinking from uh, you know a Vistacom customer's perspective, if I'm looking for a new all-in-one video conferencing bar to standardize on across my um, organization, how the heck do I even start to evaluate all those? What are the important things to look for that you've noticed in your research? Right. Well, one of the one of the things too, tying back to the uh, <clears throat> MTR scenario there too. There's kind of two flavors. So there's the the bar that has a built-in processor or computer. So you can do that one-touch join. So like the Microsoft Teams room on Android, there's a lot of bars out there, you know, like uh, Poly's a big one or Yaylink where they they have everything you need built right into the bar and then including a touch panel to go with it. So you can, you know, run your meeting. Or is it just a bar that's just providing, instead of using the camera and microphone, you know, that's in your laptop, I'm going to bring it to the front of, underneath the display there, put the camera at the front of the room and have better audio there. So there's kind of a couple different flavors there. Um, but looking at it, yeah, it, I think you really want to focus on camera quality, um, depth of the room, size of the room. Um, a lot of these cameras in these bars are what's called like electronic pan tilt zoom. So every time you you kind of do a digital zoom, you lose video resolution, lose quality. So that's a factor. So a lot of them are really only good for shower rooms. Um, so if you have a very deep room, you might need to look at a different type of technology. That's great, Matt. Thank you. Um, and I want to 
visit back one of the topics you mentioned earlier, which is, um, you know, how important the workflow is and someone's specific unique workflow within their conference room. Um, some of the, the buzzwords lately, or, you know, they have been for many years, are the BYOD, bring your own device, or the BYOM, bring your own meeting, which is a little newer of a term. And both of those speak to different workflows, and both of them are very relevant in anyone who's trying to outfit um, their meeting rooms to accommodate that, that hybrid environment. So can you speak a little bit about the difference of between the two and, and what you've seen out there lately? Right. So we can, you know, we can look at it several different ways. Again, the, the uh, all-in-one systems where you invite the room and everything's there for you. <clears throat> or the bring-your-own meeting where, in that case, the the device that you bring into the room is is providing that, that meeting. So you need to fire up your laptop to in order to create that meeting for everybody. Um, the advantage of that is... You, especially when you do multiple platforms. So on your laptop, it's already equipped to do Teams or Zoom or whatever you know meeting flavor you do because you already have that software on it. Um, bring your own meeting and bring your own device are kind of kind of tied uh, very similarly. The idea being though, you have technology with the bring your own device. You have the te technology already in the room there, the bar, the meeting bar, the microphones. But I can usually connect wirelessly to my laptop to make it easier to tie into those room peripherals. We call them room peripherals. Um, so if I have the room peripheral, the mic camera already in the room, I can just walk in with my device, connect that, and launch my meeting. Now, what you have, though, is, again, back to that complexity, is the meeting is on your laptop and your presentation is on your laptop. So you still have to kind of juggle working with those. Um, so it can be a little bit challenging, but it's, it's definitely a... a an easier solution for people that have multiple platforms. Yeah. So um, kind of going off of that into a topic that involves probably a little bit more complexity um, other than then choosing different products and, and, and looking at those different, different aspects of them is actually transitioning to a new an ecosystem, a new infrastructure, right? So um, one tech trend that seems increasingly complex to differentiate one product from another is AV over IP or networked AV. Um, not a new thing in the market, but it seems to be picking up pace as part of everyone's digital transformation is taking shape in some more easily adoptable ways. Um, so can you kind of share your insight from what's going on in the market on that? Yeah, definitely a, a lot of growth in that <clears throat> market. It's been around for you know 15 plus years. But really, what with with supply chain issues, um, there's been some manufacturers that have been able to supply products where others haven't been able to, and it's really kind of blown out the market. Uh, and everybody, in other, similar to the video bars, everybody wants to have an AV over IP solution. <clears throat> so there's a lot of choices out there, a lot of options. Um, there's things that you need to consider, though, uh, especially from a large scale deployment. Um, you know, one number one would be, you know, does it support the the uh, resolutions and and quality that you're looking for? Some of them are only 1080p. Some do 4K. Some do 30 hertz, 60 hertz, 444 compression, 4442 compression. So these these technical things have to do with the quality of the product. But really, I think from a from an enterprise standpoint, it's the management capability of the product. 
and the ability to deploy it onto standardized switches. That's where there's a lot of variance there. When until you really get your hands on the product, you don't see how well they scale and how well they can work with existing switch infrastructure or new, new infrastructure that you have to put into place. So there's, there's multiple things. And then <clears throat> the ecosystem itself, some of them are just have like an encoder or decoder, but some of them provide a wall plate flavor. Um, some of them are very low powered, run on power over ethernet, which makes it a lot easier to implement. Um, you know, even the cost savings for power and heat dissipation can be a factor when you get into hundreds of these devices. Um, if they run very low power, very low heat, it's not going to have as much impact on your electrical bill. So subtle things like that are also factors. I think that AV over IP, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming um, more easily adoptable um, and the, the prices are coming down. And I think the reason that um, it's been trending for so long, but still trending today is because um, organizations are finally ready to jump into that implementation phase. And uh, one thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure a lot have noticed, is that that implementation requires a ton of coordination between AV departments and AV experts and IT departments. Um, can you talk about any obstacles there or uh, some tips on, on how to go about making that a uh, a seamless implementation uh, across departments. Sure. Well, you know, like it or not, we, uh, you know, there's a long cycle for AV equipment. People tend to hang on to the equipment for as long as they possibly can before they do refreshes. So while AV over IP has been around a, while, a long time, it's finally getting to that refresh cycle for a lot of people. So now's the time they're buying in on these as they flip over their whole technology stack. They're moving to AV over IP, which is also uh, good because it's now been you know very proven and, and fleshed out and all the bugs worked out of it. But you're right. The, the networking portion has always been the trickiest thing to, uh, to deal with. Uh, it's, it's always recommended if you can to have an isolated network just to support your video needs. It makes it the easiest to implement, the smoothest, the most secure, reliable. But in a, especially in a large corporate or college campus, um, it can be a little difficult to build out all that infrastructure twice. You already have it for your existing switches. You already have fiber going to buildings. You already have this, this network that you want to leverage. So it does make sense to try and uh, you know, put some of the AV over IP stuff on that network. So the first thing you want to do, though, is if you're thinking about that, is engage the IT department, whoever's involved, their network administrators, uh, very early on in the project. They really have to be made aware of what the goal is, what the needs of the network, how it'll change, bandwidth requirements, quality of service requirements. That all has to be figured out and planned before you put the first product on the network or else it's just going to fail completely. Thanks, Matt. That's, that's very helpful. Um, and for our listeners, if they want to learn more about AV over IP, we will certainly have a wide variety of products at the upcoming Vistacom Tech Expo um, later in September. So you can certainly come check those out and talk with the manufacturers that will be there. 
And uh, transitioning into the next topic is something that you'll also be able to see at the Tech Expo, which is video walls. One of my favorite conversations to have in the industry because they're big and they're flashy and they're exciting. Um, but it seems like uh, video walls are really becoming a hot interest for more than just a high-end type of um, space or a control room or a special, you know, large auditorium. They're really becoming um, a hot topic in, you know, your standard meeting rooms and conference rooms. And with them coming down in cost a lot, we get a ton of requests um, for video walls. Um, so video walls have been around for a while. Um, they're continuing to advance and grow. Matt, what is the latest that you've seen out of video wall technology coming out of Infocom and into the Tech Expo? Yeah. So one of the things with, with video walls that we tend to think of are the, uh, the direct view LED uh, displays. Uh, and there's been a tremendous growth in that area because the prices just keep getting lower and lower and the resolutions are increasing and increasing. Um, they really are uh, a they're a really good problem solver. You know, you have, a, in the past, you'd have a large auditorium, you had a traditional video projector, maybe had a lot of light coming in from windows, you know, this really low contrast, hard to see image. Um, you know, they, 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 they solve that problem. Very bright, high contrast, work in a lot of light air levels. Um, so, they solve they solve these problems and and now they're becoming you know cost effective so it's natural that we're going to be using them everywhere. Uh, Direct view LED is not the only you know video wall technology though. You can use uh, LCD technology. Um, Barco's Unisee, for example, is an area where that is just continuing to grow that product out and enhance it, and it allows you to again build even at even at a lower cost uh, per per you know, pixel density. And that's really the one thing with, with direct view LED that's kind of counterintuitive. <clears throat> you know, with, with LCD, the bigger the piece of glass, the bigger the display, the more expensive it is. With direct view LED, it's kind of the inverse. In order to get the really fine pixel pitches that are required for a display to be smaller, because each pixel is, is this element. So if I want to do a 4K display and my pixel elements are seven millimeters, I can have it be small and fit in my conference room. But those smaller pixel, the smaller uh, pixel uh, pitches are more expensive. So maybe I can only afford a 1.5 millimeter. Well, now the display in order to provide 4K is 13 feet wide and I can't fit it in my boardroom. <laughs> so it's kind of an inverse relationship for size versus cost. Yeah, there's a lot to take in, into account with with choosing a video wall. Um, for those conferencing spaces, um, kind of keeping on that topic, um, I wonder if you can explain what people should consider um, for different applications. So when should you consider a, a direct view video wall for your conference room in certain applications? When is it appropriate to maybe stick with an LCD or something else like that? I know I've seen a lot of different applications where it's really important that you get that right, um, especially for whatever you're working on around the conference table, whatever you're collaborating on. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit, those, those different applications um, for, the, for the video wall technology? Right. I mean, certainly, uh, as Leanna said, it was, is, is a high 
high impact display. So if you're in the lobby, you know, it's a great space, you know, great application for a high impact direct view LED display. As you get into conference rooms, um, typically they're more about problem solving than, than high impact. And you, you have control over the lighting usually. Um, but if you didn't and you had a, a, a boardroom that was all glass, you know, there would be an example where maybe you want to use direct view LED because you just need that extra brightness and contrast ratio. Uh, another area is where I can build out depending on the size of, of the display. So while I can get a, a pretty large 105 inch 21 by nine display, that's really going to kind of eat into where I might have used a direct LED. Now I have these new 21 by nine displays that fill the bill. If I need something bigger than that, I could build it out with individual tiles of like a LCD, like a Unice. But you do, even though they're, the mullion is really tight, you still do get some lines. So again, in a boardroom, you don't want to see those lines. So that seamless, larger display um, is another good application for direct view LED. So usually it's, it's if I need to create this high intensity image for something, but a lot of times, it's, again, it's just trying to fix that problem, uh, trying to get the right display for the room. Right. And there's nothing like seeing these in person. So again, I just want to reiterate, you'll be able to see these at the Tech Expo and seeing the differences right in front of you is really, really beneficial. So I invite you all to do that. Um, before we wrap up, Matt, I just wanted to give you a minute to talk about um, anything else that you think is uh, something that we should all keep our eye on um, coming into the Tech Expo this year. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see a lot of the products that we, we just talked about at the Tech Expo. Um, we're going to have the direct VLED products, the LCD products. We're going to have lots of video bars, um, you know, probably camera tracking technology. We haven't really talked too much about that, but that's something that's a, you know, a hot topic item. Um, and you'll be able to see all that at our show as well. Absolutely. I know, Matt, you're doing a ton of research and development on uh, on tracking cameras and the different technology out there. And we'll be talking a lot more about that uh, in the coming months. So uh, that's great. I invite you all to come see those again. Um, and so before we sign off, uh, I first wanted to thank Matt so much for sharing your perspective and your insights and your um, expertise and all of this AV stuff. So thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, no. It's been fun. And one more reminder that you can get more of Matt um, in his new mini series called Dear Matt, where you can submit all of your burning AV questions um, and Matt will answer those during his series. You can submit your questions at vistacominc.com slash Dear Matt, and you can see his video responses on our website or on Vistacom's LinkedIn page. Yes, yeah, so super exciting. So everyone keep an eye out for that. Also, as we talked about, the Tech Expo is coming up. Um, it is in uh, Bethlehem at the Wind Creek Event Center uh, on September 26th. So if you haven't registered yet, you can find our Tech Expo page in our About Us section on our website. Um, so be sure to do that if you haven't yet. Um, there's also going to be some educational sessions there where we're going to expand on a lot of the different insights and topics that, that we talked about today. So that'll be a great opportunity to learn more. Thanks everyone for joining us today and be sure to join us next time to unravel more tech in the pro AV world. And just remember, you can't spell tech unraveled without AV. All right. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us.